Morning Liberty. Ah, just feel the liberty. Feel the liberty, feel your ears right now because, man, what a day. What a week. It has what been a, a month. It's been a week already. It's been a month. Today's only the fourth. Yeah. It's the fourth day of the month, and it's been a month. But, you know, there's nothing that gets me going quite like that sweet sound from that amazing band. <laughs> I sound like I was doing a, a commercial for that for now 784. Yeah. Yeah. What now are we on right now? Is it 784? Somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. This is a podcast where we get together and we talk about life, liberty, and our constant pursuit of meaning. So we get on here every single day talking about, you know, we're kind of libertarians, I guess. Libertarians? Like, I'm legally a libertarian, but uh, but but you're not. You're not a real one. You're, you're, not, dues, you're, you're a dues-paying yeah, member. Yeah, I gave them my money. Uh, haven't given them my vote yet. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this uh, we get on this podcast every single day talking about liberty. Subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite podcast apps that you've got on your phone. We're on every single one of them. Go subscribe so you can get our brand new episode every single day. We surely would appreciate it. And man, have we got some news stories for you guys today. We do. You know, I was thinking about that libertarian thing you just said. And I, you know, I identify really close to libertarian, but I prefer just saying that I pursue liberty. Yeah. Because like, I don't want to alienate the conservatives or the liberals. I don't want to alienate either one of them. And then also the libertarian party is known for some crazy antics. I mean, look at the recent libertarian party nominee for president, Gary Johnson and Bill Weld. Yeah, I don't want to be attached to that, no. honestly, at all. You remember that? Can I do? I'm going to do this. When uh, when Gary Johnson was interviewed and he was asked some kind of question, I can't remember, maybe it was making drugs legal or something like that, and he was sitting on a park bench, national news interview, and he was like, like doing some weird tongue interview. Oh, I wish I would have had that right on camera. I was on the wide shot at that time. Were you? But yeah, yeah, I'm glad you didn't. (laughs) Because like, look, that's not what being a libertarian is all about. We're about, you know, free markets and we want to be left alone. You know, don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. It's that easy. But really to me that it falls under pursuing liberty. So the one thing I don't, you know, like I said, I'm a member of the Libertarian Party, but I don't like their messaging whatsoever. They focus too much on things that are never going to win a large percentage of the votes. And while I agree principally with the things that they talk about when it comes to drug legalization or decriminalization, whatever you want to call it, I don't think that should be like your number one constant party platform all right. the time. I don't think you're ever going to win making that your number one issue. Why don't we make taxation the number one issue? Why don't we make deregulation the number one issue? I think you can get a lot more people behind that. Not going to war. Yeah, not going to war. Like make that your biggest thing. But unfortunately they're known as like the, the freedom to do drugs party, which is fine. I think you should be free to do whatever you want, but that's not a way that you're going to win as a political party. Exactly. You're just not going to. You do the math. Let me tell you, uh, everyone loves a good DMV story, and man, have I got this story today. I had to get... I'm Dude, trying. This to, is the DMV story. Yes. I, I've been trying to get these uh, this personalized plate for a little bit. Well, I mean, that's mistake number one. That's the first thing. Yeah. I tried to get something customized that was made by the government. <laughs> and uh, so I ordered this plate, just so everyone knows, I ordered this plate on October 2nd. October 2nd. So it arrives 
um, promptly at the county clerk's office yesterday. And uh, which uh, today is what, December 4th? Yeah. yeah. So it arrived December 3rd, you know, just a solid two months for printing and shipping. Uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with that whatsoever. So I have to go in there. I'm already upset about the fact that I have to drive to downtown Nashville, uh, which is like a solid 30 minutes from here without any kind of traffic. You got to drive to downtown Nashville to the one county clerk's office and stand in line with a whole bunch of other people who hate the fact that they're there and then hope to God that you have everything you need when you get up there to that line so you can please leave with your license plates. And I was gone for a good two hours today doing this. And what do you think I came back with, Charlie? No, nothing. 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 No plates. No personalized plates. They had the personalized plate. They showed it to me. I looked at it. It was right there. In, it was right there in her hands. But unfortunately, and I will take responsibility for this part. Unfortunately, I forgot that my car is in my wife's name. I, you know, she's got the credit. She's got the better the better credit, as most women do, uh, uh, obviously. I think you you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Women just typically have a little bit better credit than guys do. They, they pay less in insurance. And- yeah, and I think that's purely uh, out of sexism is what it yeah, is. Yeah, probably. In, we- the, in the credit rating industry, they're obviously biased towards women. You know, like, I didn't take men's gender studies. Yeah. Well, but it, had I... Then you would have been. You would have found out about that. That would have been in there. In there, isn't yeah. that? That's kind of, that's a funny sidebar here, but you know, you look at a whole bunch of other differences, and you would say, "Oh, that's sexism, sexism." That's the patriarchy. And you look at something like it's obvious that women have better credit credit ratings than men. And you know what? Someone will say, "Well, that's because men make different decisions than women do." <laughs> <laughs> There's your example right there of just how backwards. Just how backwards the thinking is. Subjective the thinking is. Anyway, so I try to go in there. Unfortunately, um, my car is registered in my wife's name because she's got good credit. But... Wait, I looked it up because I wanted you to know. Yeah. On average, women have a five-point higher score than men. That's better. Yeah. (laughs) 675 versus 670. (laughs) Oh, man. Only 675 for women. That's what it says. On average, women have slightly know, better credit scores than men I just, do. Emotionally, I disagree with that <laughs> statistic. Just, just for on principle right now. Um, anyway, that hasn't been my experience in in life. My wife is like, "Oh, my credit rating went down. I'm like, it's only nine hundred and eighty-five. <laughs> you know, I, I know that's not possible, but that's you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. So anyway, the car is in my wife's name. The plate that I ordered, that I had to physically print out a piece of paper here in the office, and I had to fill out a form so I could order this plate, and then I had to actually go get a money order from a, a bank or a post office or wherever. Because you can't send cash you to the government. Right? There, and there's no <laughs> online payment option. Obviously, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I had to get on there, and I had to go get a money order. I had to send this form via the mail at the beginning of October and wait for them to make my plate. And then they sent me a letter a month ago letting me know that my plate was approved and that it would be here sometime last week. And then I had to call them and check and make sure it was there so I could go in and get it. Well, I put the thing in my name when I ordered it because I forgot that I put the car in my wife's name. So now I can't get the plate. (laughs) Now I have to sign, I have to get a notarized affidavit of me 
stating that I want to legally turn over this personalized license plate to my wife and then give that to my wife so she can take it into the DMV or into and the county clerk's office and pick up the plate. It's ridiculous. And you, you know what the do you know what the plate personalized says on it? GML. Yeah, don't tread on me. It's a don't tread on me plate. <laughs> that's that's what it is. So <laughs> and there's a reason for that. It's just, you know, it this is a government service, obviously, and there's no incentive to ever make it better. Well, all. I don't understand it. You guys are y'all you're legally married. That's a contract I, you signed to share things. I know. And the state of Tennessee recognizes le- the bond. Legally knows that we are married. We're yeah. mar- we're citizens of the state of Tennessee. I go to the the county clerk's office, where the place that also has my marriage certificate somewhere, legally with the state, and I can't pick up something that is legally also mine at they the can't, same time. They can't draw that link. No, that they, comparison. they can't. They can't. You know why? Because they do everything on paper. Yeah. Like I noticed in the back there, tons of filing cabinets, just rows and rows of filing cabinets down there. Like how often do you think you go to a business and when they want to open up a file folder, that means they had to walk into a room full of filing cabinets and look through the folders and try and pull out the information. That's the that's the county clerk's office. Yeah, they're still in the 50s. Yeah. And it's you know this principle, you know, done talking about my my story, but this principle extends to everything else that people want the government to provide them. You have to look at the incentives that are created under this structure. You know, there's no incentive for them to do a better job. There's no incentive for this to all be online. Why couldn't I realize that I had, I had ordered this plate online? And it took a week to get here because that's what a normal personalized printing place would take for it to get here. And then it arrives and I found out that it's in my name. And so I have to go on to my nice online account and I have to put on here that I want to change the name that's on the plate. And I have to put in my password and use my login and everything like that. And then I change the thing to my wife's name. And then the plate arrives in the mail and I, and I put it on the car. It would send her an email to yeah. DocuSign, yeah. an electronic signature. Yeah, if that. And so she could do it on her phone right now. She'll DocuSign it. Yeah. It'll send it back to the company that your wife is okay with you transferring it over. Yeah. And you will DocuSign something, you know, all happens in a matter of mere minutes. And then uh, your plate would have been here. When did you order it? October 2nd? I ordered 2nd? it October 2nd. Yeah, it would have been yeah. about maybe October 12th at the latest. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. But no, I'm still sitting here with an expired license plate on my car now <laughs> because I'm not going to go pay to renew the license plate that I'm not going to use anymore. Because you I, already did. I know they're going to screw me on that because I already had to pay <laughs> to get this personalized plate. So it's just, it's ridiculous. And this is what you go through. It's like every time you have to do something, now, there's some kind of massive hurdle. Just imagine if you needed an MRI. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Imagine that this was your doctor's office, okay? Imagine that this was the grocery store or something like that, because that's what people in history have, you know, not that they had to fill out forms to receive groceries, but this kind of bureaucracy, you don't want it providing everything to you. You just mm. don't. And the, anyway, anyway, so there's your little bit of incentive, in, incentive, ideology there you got to have an incentive to provide a better service you, you just have to and they don't have one so anyway how about some news now it's on to the news yeah. okay so google co-founders step aside as antitrust scrutiny heats up hmm. oh yeah working on an antitrust 
suit against Google right now. Okay, so Google's co-founders are relinquishing their executive positions just as state and federal regulators, not to mention the Department of Justice and Congress, are taking a keen interest in possible abuse of its privacy practices and market power. Larry Page and Sergey Brin are stepping down as CEO and president, respectively, of Google parent company Alphabet. The move caps more than two decades during which the pair have shepherded the one-time startup they founded in a Silicon Valley garage. Silicon Valley's got a lot of famous garages, by the way. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Google is facing increasing criticism and investigations from authorities in the U.S. and in the U.S. and Europe about its privacy policies and nature of its many-legged business. Many-legged. Legged business. That will now fail to, oh, that will now fall to, is that guy's name uh, Pikai? Pikai? Yeah, Pikai mm-hmm. to wrangle and push through. Though Bren and Page, both 46, had noticeably backed out of the spotlight already. So this is going on now about how the people in Congress, I mean, lawmakers, I don't know if you remember them doing this this big this big to do in Congress where Mark Zuckerberg showed up and the uh, dude from Twitter showed up and the, the people from Google didn't go. They just didn't show up. So apparently Congress has been kind of mad about that <laughs> since then, which I think is hilarious. That's great. That they just, so last year, Google raised hackles in Congress by refusing to send Page or Pekai to a hearing on Russian manipulation of Internet services to sway U.S. elections. Congressional officials left an empty chair for Page at the witness table. Top executives from Facebook and Twitter, meanwhile, turned up to testify. Offended lawmakers uh, derided Google as arrogant. <laughs> Google has been facing pressure from privacy advocates over its collection and use of personal information to target advertising. It also faces allegations that it abuses its dominance in search and online advertising to push out rivals. So, of course, we're getting into this idea now that... um, that Google's a monopoly, right? That's that's what that's we're what talking they're about. saying. That's that's what we're talking about here, Charlie. When you go to search something, how many options do you have? Well, I have a lot of options. The answer is not one. No, it's not okay. just one option. Now, what well, I do use Google yeah. for most things. Yeah, but I can search. You know, like uh, Bing. I think yeah is a search engine. Mm-hmm. Um, duck, duck, go. That's what I use. That duck, duck, go, which you say you allegedly use. That is what I use. Allegedly. I'm, this is not alleged. <laughs> okay. This has been proven. I bet if you pull up a browser right now, <laughs> I'm it's doing not it. on duck, duck, go. I'm, I'm going right now. Okay. Watch this. I'm searching. I'm going to search. Is Google a monopoly? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what other. All um, right. Here we go. <laughs> What other oh God, search engines are there? Duck, duck, go. Look at that. Look at that on the camera right there. Okay. So anyway, um, so Google is not a monopoly. That's Yahoo, the first part. Yeah. Swiss Cows, still Yahoo. Start yeah. page, Yandex, Q1. <laughs> So, uh, you know, <laughs> conservatives are behind, are really behind this a lot too, because of this whole potential censoring of conservative media, of conservative ideas. And I understand that. You know, I don't like the fact that they might be doing that. You know, they've got Google, they've got the search engines, they've got they've got YouTube. So obviously there's a lot of power behind that. But they're not doing anything to stop anyone else from entering that market whatsoever. Yeah. If you want to start your own video company, um, you can go ahead and do that if you want to. If you want to start, I mean, it's going to be expensive, 
as as it will be for anyone and as it was for them to get to get into the business. But you can do that. You can go on Vimeo and watch videos if you yeah. want to. Um, you can just, you know, watch your scroll on Facebook or Instagram or whatever if you want to. So there's just there's there's other options out there. There's other search engines out there. And at the end of the day, this is a private company. So what what how are you gonna argue that the government should come in and tell a private company who they should or should not let use their service or who they should or should not prioritize if it's their company and they're wanting to show a certain thing. Just just don't use their services anymore. I know that that sounds hard, but you can get an Apple device. You can search everything on DuckDuckGo. You can watch videos on Vimeo. Uh, you can get some kind of other hosting service for your email. I don't know. I get an Apple email or something like that. Whatever. So you know, you're not forced to use their services. So uh, this, I, uh, to me, this is just a no, it's just a non-starter to me. I understand that I don't agree with everything with their ideology and their philosophy, but it doesn't mean I think we need the government to control them because that can go both ways. Here's one of my favorite lines from this article. Its video streaming business, YouTube, was fined $170 million to settle allegations it improperly collected personal data on children without their parents' consent. Now, who do okay. you think that $170 million went to? Did it go to the parents <laughs> no. who had children that had data collected without their consent? No, no, it didn't. No, no. it didn't. No. It's just another way for the government to extort money. It's just like when Facebook had to pay, like they had to pay an insane amount, like $40 billion or something like that for that Cambridge Analytica thing. I don't remember what the actual amount was. Was it like 40? I think it was it like was 4 a, billion. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It was, a, it it was, was a few billion. It was a crazy amount. And it's like, do you think everyone got sent a check who's... You know, anyone who's got a Facebook account got sent some kind of check. Yeah. No, it went it went to the Justice Department. It, it did. Didn't go to anyone else. Straight to at them. that point in time. So anyway, do you want this uh, this next story? I've got this. a video to play here. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> right. want to show the video first? Yeah. Let's go. So, ahead and show okay, that. I'll read the the headline here. <laughs> this is coming from uh, Mediaite. dot com. So viral video shows men going over wall. Trump said. <laughs> Quote, can't be climbed in mere seconds. Yeah. So we need this. Uh, we need the wall, obviously. I have it. <laughs> okay, so if you're listening on the podcast, there's just a couple guys who got this makeshift ladder up over the top of the wall, and they got up over it, and now they're just sliding down the poles of the wall. <laughs> the like, wall has poles. Yeah, it's just a whole bunch of beams that, that are up, and they just, like, slid right down them. It's hilarious. It's 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 crazy how easy this was for these guys to get over. No problem. <laughs> you really should be watching this live on Facebook and YouTube, by the way. And look at them just right over the wall. Look at that. That's crazy. So anyway, you know, you talked about how Trump offered people something tangible, right? Yes. Like a physical thing. Um, does that mean that it was good <laughs> or that it's useful? You know, you've talked about Trump's build the wall thing before, and that was a good that was a good way to win an election. I think it got a lot of people rallied up. It did. But here we are, something that's just another this this is a government project, by the way. This is a government building project, mm -hmm. by the way. And of course, the thing's not even finished yet, and we've seen multiple demonstrations of, on how you can easily get through it or get over it. So I don't know. I like <laughs> Trump's of the wall have been tested by world-class mountain climbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about world-class 
wall climbers. <laughs> and he said, I mean, they're unbelievable climbers. This wall can't be climbed. This is very, very hard. Oh, but then it was. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just comical. It's what I've, I think we've said this from the beginning when it comes to the wall. Like, look, as a sovereign country, you can have borders, but there are much better things than a wall to protect your borders with. Yeah. Uh, there are things that are cheaper, that are more efficient. You can increase border patrol. There's all kinds of other things you can do besides build a giant wall that's not going to really do anything. Yeah, it's um, it's it's 2019. I mean, you could have uh, put a certain amount of satellites up in space, probably for cheaper than what they're going to be building this wall for now that SpaceX is doing it. Yeah, uh, they could put those up. They could be monitoring motion detectors, every single inch of it, all drones. the time. Drones all the time. If they if this was really about making sure that people weren't going to come across that border then they could do a lot of things. Unfortunately, I think this is more about offering a physical, tangible uh, election piece. That's exactly what it was. I think that's what it yeah. is. And it was genius by his campaign. Yeah. Or, or I mean, you know, <laughs> I had something ridiculous to say by then. I do not think that they should do this. Here's a disclaimer. If this were actually about stopping people from coming across the border, then you just need to set like booby traps and like all kinds of, I mean, you need to dig a trench with alligators and stuff in it <laughs> with sharks, with laser beams on their heads. You need to make it to where as soon as you cross the line, you get drones bombing you all over the place. If this were actually about stopping people from coming across that border where you wanted to make sure that no one would ever come across that border ever, there are ways to do it. You tell, you tell the line, ways. you get electrocuted. Yeah, exa exactly. There's Are those freaking sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their freaking heads? <laughs> they could they could electrify the wall. It, you know, they could do that if they wanted yeah. to. But unfortunately... We just wear rubber boots and rubber gloves. <laughs> I think we're just going to end up with a really big, expensive thing that is fun to watch people climb over. Yeah. I think that that's really going to be all we're going to have. So, all right. We got another news story here. George Zimmerman. You guys remember George Zimmerman? Oh, Georgie boy. George Zimmerman sues family of Trayvon Martin, publisher or, and prosecutors for $100 million. It could read, man from Florida sues yeah. family of Trayvon Florida, Martin. Florida man Florida sues man. family of <laughs> child uh, he killed. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. But anyway... Uh, which I'm not saying I'm not saying what I think about the case when I say that. But uh, George Zimmerman, the neighborhood watch volunteer, acquitted of homicide charges in the 2012 fatal shooting of unarmed 17-year-old Trayvon Martin in Sanford, is suing Martin's family, prosecutors, and others involved in the case. He claims rested on false evidence, according to a copy of the suit sent to the media Wednesday. The, sent sent to the media. Yeah. <laughs> The suit sent to the media. Yeah, they sent it over to the media. Yeah. Um, the, the Polk County Circuit Court suit cites information in a documentary about the case titled The Trayvon Hoax that accuses the Martin family of engineering false testimony and the director has scheduled a press conference this week in Coral Gables to coincide with the film screening there. The suit seeks $100 million in civil damages, alleging defamation, abuse of civil process, and conspiracy. A copy of the suit was distributed to the media Wednesday by the movie's director, Joe Gilbert. This has nothing to do with the movie coming out. This has no, whatsoever. nothing to do with no. <laughs> press on the movie or anything it's like that. pretty smart, actually. Yeah. The case does not yet appear on the online docket of the Polk court system. 
The lead defendant in the suit is Sabrina Fulton, Martin's mother, who became a national figure in the wake of her son's death as a campaign surrogate for Hillary Clinton and a national advocate for social justice and reducing gun deaths. She's running for the District 1 seat on the Miami-Dade County Commission. Um, okay, so I don't know if you guys remember the story of this kid getting killed. I said kid. He was 17 years old mm-hmm. by this neighborhood watch guy. Um, so he basically alleged that he was doing this in self-defense. Well, I'll just say, Mar- uh, I'll read from the story here. Martin lived with Fulton, then a county employee in Miami Gardens, and was visiting his father, Tracy Martin, in Sanford on February 26, 2012, when he died in a gated community where his father's fiance lived. Martin was returning from a store with candy. Zimmerman, 28 at the time, reported Martin as suspicious to police in a recorded call after 7 p.m. The details that followed remain in dispute, with Zimmerman claiming he was attacked by Martin and defended himself. Police and prosecutors described an unjustified shooting of a teenager in a hoodie with Skittles and a drink. A jury acquitted Zimmerman of all charges in 2013. The lawsuit passes, uh, presses the Zimmerman version of events with allegations of efforts by the Martin family to produce a false narrative through dishonest accounts from witnesses. The suit also names prosecutors in the Zimmerman case, alleging false prosecution, as well as book publisher HarperCollins over the October release of Crump's Open Season Legalized Genocide of Colored People. That's the name of the book. Mm. So anyway, so he's suing this family for, for $100 million and the prosecutor and the book publisher. What do you like? Is there is there ground grounds for doing this? You think in this in this case? I mean, it's just just a publicity stunt for for the uh, for the movie coming out, or is there an actual grounds here? You think? Yes. Yes. All of the above. All of those things. <laughs> yes. I think it's definitely publicity for the documentary coming out. It's definitely publicity for Zimmerman, who obviously is making money by staying in the spotlight. Um, and then at the same time, I think there is a case for that considering he was acquitted, um, in that it looks to be that there were written words in this book, uh, about him and the events that took place, which a jury disagreed with. Um, and I think that if your character, um, you know, we talked a little bit before the show, if your character is damaged to the point where you are unable to like secure a job or do anything like that, then, then that is technically defamation of character. Yeah. You know, if somebody, you know, falsely accused me of doing something and then I, my life was inhibited because of that, then I think that I would have a case against that person yeah. uh, for, for markets over defaming my, my character Yeah. so that I, I wasn't able to, to get a job or provide for myself or my family. Well, and I put in the show notes here, I think, like people's feelings on this case will be largely dictated by their opinion of what happened in the in the Zimmerman Trayvon Martin thing. You know, yes. like if they if they think that he made up the uh, you know the self defense and and killed this kid when he didn't have to, then they're gonna think that you shouldn't be able to do this. And then if you think that he was justified in the self defense, or you think that legally he is innocent because he has not been convicted of doing anything. Uh, that was, uh, you know, obviously he was not convicted of the murder, then you can think that there's grounds for this. I think a lot of people's opinions are just going to be based on that. And kind of what you said, like if you completely remove this case and you just ask yourself if you had someone who was falsely accused, who was found innocent, 
who you found out there was false witness reports and a false narrative out there, and they were no longer allowed to live a normal life, probably couldn't get a job, couldn't go out in public, you know, all these terrible things, probably death threats for, you know, for the next 20, 30 years. Is there grounds for defamation? And I think there is. But I think adding in this case clouds everyone's judgment on that. And a so, hundred million dollars. I mean, that's quite a bit. Yes. That's, that's a, it's a decent amount. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of lost wages he's trying to make up for. That there. is, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, uh, what his job is or what he planned on doing, but. Well, he's neighborhood watch. Yeah. I guess he gets paid a lot of money <laughs> doing that. Yeah. Oh, uh, and that's like, I don't know. It's a crazy case because, uh, well, both cases, because I don't obviously know all the details of what happened in the Trayvon Martin case. Yeah. Uh, I do know that a jury did acquit him, but I, I don't know if the prosecution did a horrible job investigating or the police did and they didn't have enough evidence or what actually happened because Trayvon Martin didn't have any weapons, but you don't need weapons to necessarily attack somebody. But so I don't, I really don't know what my opinion would be on the actual uh, case from 2012 and 2013. But I think, I think the, I think being able to sue somebody for defamation of character is something that you should be allowed to do. Yeah. Um, a hundred million dollars and the fact that there's a movie coming out and <laughs> all of this, it just seems a little, uh, I don't know. When you first mentioned to me, I was like, Oh God, <laughs> that guy. Yeah. He just, he just wants attention. That's what it seems like. Yeah. That might but, still be the case, but I don't know for sure. I'm not him. <laughs> you want to tell everyone about how many guns there are here in the yeah. country real quick? So this is coming from the Washington Examiner. ATF, there are 423 million guns in America, which is 1.2 per person and 8.1 billion rounds of ammunition a year. That's quite a bit. Wow. Yeah. New federal data shows that there are 422.9 million firearms in circulation or about 1.2 guns for every person in the country. What's more, despite years of criticism of modern assault-style rifles, such as the AR-15 and AK-47, there are a record 17.7 million in private hands, proving that it is the most popular gun around. Last year alone, the arms industry produced 8.1 billion rounds of ammunition. The figures are from the U.S. Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, and were crunched by the National Shooting Sports Foundation, the gun industry trade group. Quote, these figures show the industry that America has a strong desire to continue to purchase firearms for lawful purposes, said Joe Bartosi, president of the NSSF, in a statement releasing the group's new report. Gun shops contacted by Secrets said that they are seeing more and more purchases of semi-automatic weapons such as handguns and AR-15s due to the criticism of those guns by 2020 Democratic presidential candidates. Quote, sales have definitely been brisk, especially of small, concealable handguns. We also saw a spike in sales of tactical rifles like AR-15 and AK-47s, for which I think we can confidently thank Better O'Rourke, said Justin Anderson, the marketing director for Hyatt Guns in Charlotte, North Carolina, one of the country's biggest retailers. Yeah. Thanks, Beto. Thanks, Beto. That's what he meant to say right there was yeah. thank you. Yeah. I Thanks thought, for making my job as marketing director a lot easier. Very, very easy. Yeah. We reached millions of customers. It's a, There's a couple interesting things I saw on that. One, if anyone thinks that gun confiscation is possible, uh, 
that's they're insane they're not actually thinking logically whatsoever right. at all i mean 423 million guns in the that's u.s it's it's not gonna happen you're not gonna confiscate the no guns. it ain't man you will officially uh only get down to i mean you wouldn't even be able to get a significant portion of them but if you did you would only get down to the people who illegally had guns <laughs> like that would be or who you didn't know had the guns like you're never going to get rid of them the way it's not going to the way you'd have to get most of them is you'd have to send divers to the bottom of every lake. I know because that's where most of them are. Yeah, They're and right. in Minnesota, there's ten thousand lakes or more. That's a lot there. of lakes, and yeah. there's a lot of guns at the bottom of those lakes. They got to get all of them. Yeah, yeah. So like that's why we focus on trying to solve the actual problem, because people who want to pretend like uh, keeping guns out of people's hands is any kind of viable solution whatsoever. And they're just not looking at the statistics whatsoever. Right. It's, it's not going to happen. There's another great meme going around. Um, I know I saw you had shared it from being libertarian. Oh, yeah. There were some others that I had saw come out with it. But um, obviously last weekend, I'm pretty sure the weekend. Yeah, the weekend of Thanksgiving. Maybe the weekend before that. Anyway, it's it's deer season. Yeah. You know, if you ain't from the south, if you don't go hunting, you know, let's <laughs> see a big, big old chaw on my lip <laughs> you see them deer with horns you know gotta get them horned deer <laughs> but anyway it's hunting season for them white-tailed deers and there uh, lots of people from chicago come down to southern illinois and other parts and big white tail country in illinois and iowa ohio kentucky it's yep. got some big old deer um so anyway there were about roughly 33 million hunters in the last couple weekends guess what hunters have Guns. Guns. They have guns. Guns. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but I did. Uh, well, actually, maybe you didn't notice because it wasn't there. The fact that there were no reports of any mass shootings. There weren't. At all. And we had a high, you would think a really high chance yeah. of having 33 million people with guns in their hands all at the same time. That's a really big spike in the amount of people that are clearly driving around with weapons on them. Yes, no mass shootings. No mass shootings. Man, that's crazy. So maybe it's not a gun problem. It might not be the guns. It not. It, it could. Might it, not. it could be the the thing that makes them want to use it for something bad. Right. Because all these people wanted to use it to go hunting. They had a gun, but they wanted to use it for the right reason. Right. So you just have kill to, them deer. They had to kill them them deers. <laughs> uh, so they they wanted to do that. Now you could actually try to tackle the problem, which is why do we have such a terrible problem in this country with mental illness and the fact that people want to kill people that they they think that the best way out is to take as many people with them when they go out. You know, we you can that's, actually think about that problem. That's the actual problem. That's a harder problem. It is. Well, except for the fact that you couldn't confiscate all the guns. But I mean, <laughs> it's it it doesn't have it doesn't have that tangible election piece like the wall. Right. Or like the take the guns out of dangerous people's hands. Ele you know, that election piece, that thing that you can see, you know, it's got this very deep philosophical difficult problem that everyone knows the government can't solve. <laughs> I saw another funny video that this is about uh, knives. And so, you know, in Great Britain, uh, guns are illegal, or I guess the United Kingdom, guns are illegal. And the, they also have certain kind of knives that are illegal. So, like, you can't have, like, switchblades or, you know, knives that fold open or all, all, all that kind of stuff. You yeah. know, you can't have hidden knives or knives that are made to look like other things. And this uh, British lady decided to test out how easy it was going to be to get 
a knife that was illegal in the United Kingdom. So she got online and she said in a few clicks, she was able to order anything she wanted from China, from America, <laughs> whatever. It got delivered in a couple of days. Yeah. And she was like, had this knife that was like a credit card that you like fold out and it becomes a knife. Or oh, and an assault knife. Yes. Yeah. Was, that's what it was. A scary looking assault knife. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was another one that was like a bracelet that you wear as like a normal bracelet, but it like it clicks together with a knife. And so when you unclick it, it's a, Weird. Like a one and a half inch Weird. blade. Um, and then there were other like, you know, switch knives and Swiss knives or whatever, all kinds of knives that you're not allowed to have. And she yeah. could just order them yeah, pretty easily. It's kind of the weird, you know, we have the assault weapons and it's, it's weird. Cause we were talking about knives that you're not allowed to have. And then you're like, well, what about like, are you going to sue? Are you like going to sue Cutco if someone uses a Cutco knife to kill someone? Yeah. Because those are not intended for harm. But they still be used for harm. You know, mm -hmm. you can still clearly use a kitchen knife to hurt someone if you want to. And maybe you, you can't conceal it as well, but good Lord, do you really think that knife violence is happening because you can make your knife three inches shorter and put it in your pocket? Like, that's why knife violence happens? Should Ford be allowed to be sued when I, somebody I kills so. someone in a drunk driving accident? I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't the drunk driver's fault. It was clearly that, that he was driving a death machine. It was the person who built the death machine. It was clearly <laughs> only intended for death. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Who okay. do we sue when you like die from diseases and stuff? Mm, I don't know. Like, Food manufacturers, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll find someone to sue. Yeah. We'll get with George Zimmerman's Let's attorney. So I was going to say yeah. the same thing. <laughs> okay. I'll call Zimmerman's lawyer. Okay, so the Electoral College, Charlie. For or against? Oh, I'm for. Okay. Well, yeah. let's see what Elizabeth for, Warren has to for say. For the Electoral College. Let's listen to E. Warren. As a presidential candidate, what are your thoughts on the Electoral College? Uh, I want to get rid of it. So here's my goal. My goal is to get elected and then to be the last American president elected by the Electoral College. I want the second term to be that Ugh. I got elected by direct vote. I'm ready. Popular vote. I hate her um, voice. I just think this is how a democracy should work. Call me old-fashioned, but I think the person who gets the most votes should win. So I'm in. I'm in. Okay. It wasn't that it was too loud. It was really just the, her. It's really <laughs> the just timbre her, of her voice. Yeah, and on, like you, ha I have to interpret her her you know native tongue <laughs> at the same time because I don't have one of those interpretation devices. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot harder to you know yeah. understand what she's saying. But God, her voice is just uh, not good. It's just because you're sexist, Charlie. Probably. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, we would never make fun of Trump's voice. No, never make fun of him or Bill never. Clinton or anybody else. Yeah. But his, her voice just <laughs> pierces my, well, you know, I got a bad ear too. Maybe that's You do have a bad ear. Yeah. Yeah. You have one sexist ear on the right side <laughs> over there. But, but call me, I, call me old fashioned. Yeah. Well, call me old-fashioned, but maybe America's not a democracy. Yeah, maybe it's not. Yeah, in case you haven't checked. It's not. It's it's, a, it's actually not. It's a representative republic, or yes. a, they called it a republican democracy also yes. at the time. So we don't have a direct democracy. And this it is always... A, it is a republican democracy, yeah. which means you choose your representatives through a, a democratic vote. 
you know, I, I posted something on Twitter yesterday, but it's crazy to hear someone like Elizabeth Warren talking about how we need to go to a direct majority rule. That's what democracy is. It's just a direct majority rule. 50.1% of the people control the other part of the population. And it's crazy to hear people who pretend like they're fighting for minorities all the time talking about how the majority should have rule over everyone. Right. The simple majority <laughs> should just have rule over everyone, but you're for minorities. Right. But the majority should decide everything. Yeah. You know, like that's that I don't really know if those ideas go together. I just I'm can't decide for if they do. The little man. Yeah. But when all the big man make but, decisions. But whoever has the most people behind them should control yeah. all the other people. Yeah. Yes. Um you know that sorry, that was Native American speak there. <laughs> <laughs> the um I'm for little man, but big man. But big man, yes. <laughs> the the um the idea here that people are missing out on is that we are fifty separate uh individual sovereign states and that we're not one of course we're one nation. I get it. We're one collection of fifty states who mm -hmm. came together and formed a union. But we are supposed to be fifty individual sovereign entities who get together and pick who we think should be the person that has the executive authority over all of that. And the the problem is that we were thinking of it as if the 50 states just don't mean anything whatsoever. We're thinking about the total population of the United States. And so we're thinking, okay, well, the most people, whoever gets the most votes is the person who should win. And it's always the Democrats that are pushing for this because they're always, oddly enough, they're always on the losing side of it. Uh, it, it seems to be. And by always, I mean, you know, twice now, obviously Trump, uh, Trump got less overall votes than Hillary Clinton did. And George Bush got less votes than Al Gore did. And so they've been on the losing side of this a couple of times. And now they obviously want to get rid of the Electoral College. And to me, <clears throat> the Electoral College is not, you know, it's not perfect or anything, but it is a really good system. It ensures that people, it ensures that you don't just have to run your campaign in New York and California and Illinois, and then completely disregard everyone else in the entire country. Because with the amount of people that vote in these elections, you literally could just win, you could only campaign in three states and end up becoming the president if we were going by popular vote. That's it, that's all you need. There's 50 states, there's 330 million people, about 110 million of those people vote, in the election and you could only, you could just win new york california and illinois and not have to ever go to another state or care about any of those people mm -hmm. and so that's why we have the electoral college it's supposed to weight your population with, so you don't only have the mass population centers that are controlling everything that you still have to care about the other people's needs that are outside of the the, the main population centers I mean, if you need a perfect example of that we have states where the perfect example is controlled by the popular vote and, yep. and everyone else in the entire state feels completely just disenfranchised. Yeah. Illinois is a great example of that. So it's is California. So is New York, those three major States that you just mentioned Yeah, where the entire state policy is directed by the, the hub of people in one small location. And it ultimately hurts everyone else in that state. We've gone over Illinois cause we used to live there and every single decision is made out of Chicago, almost every single one of Weirdly them. Weirdly enough, not the capital. Not the capital, <laughs> no. 
Yeah. Um, and even though you have state representatives, they don't have much power because based on population, Chicago makes all the decisions. And then where we're from, Southern Illinois, which is six hours mm-hmm. south of Chicago, by the way. Yeah. Still in Illinois. Uh, you have things like Nate's dad's uh, grocery store closing. Yeah. Um, you know, farming being hurt, jobs being lost. Once, you know, all of these industries that once made Southern Illinois a livable place, it's no longer a livable dwelling. People are moving out thousands and thousands every single year. Yeah. And the point that comes with the popular vote there is uh, Illinois is a great example because in Illinois to become the governor of the state, you can become the governor and only win one county in the entire state, which Cook. is which happened, which yes. has happened before. You only have to win Cook County, which is where Chicago is, and then the entire rest of the state can vote against you, and you can still become the governor. It that's don't the popu- That's the popular mm-hmm. vote. And so then what you see in Illinois is that person only caters to the people that are in Chicago, and all the rest of the people are left to, to suffer with their terrible economic policies. And we don't want that in the entire country. That's the point. And we've been moving closer and closer to that all the time where we're only serving the needs of a select group of people and the economic decisions just keep getting worse and worse all the time. So that that's just not, that's not what we want to move to. And if you're someone who cares about the minority having a voice, then you should want the electoral college. And that's know? why we have a Republic and not a democracy. Yeah. Because, you know, 51% can, can mob rule the other 49%. And that's the reason why the we have a republic is because it, so far as we know of, it's the best way to form an evil government, since an evil government <laughs> is necessary. Yeah. It's the best way to form a government where individual sovereignty can remain can remain supreme. Yeah. Right? Because what's good what's good for the entire country may not be good for Nate. Yeah. Nate as an individual may be like, eh, that's not good for me. <laughs> even though everyone else agrees with it. And so the the individual, the sovereignty of the individual is still protected under that. I mean, think about what if we had majority rule about, you know, having to pray in schools? Yeah. You know, what if the majority of Americans said that you had to pray every morning at school, the Christian prayer? Yeah. There's still 60, 65% of the country identifies as Christian. Right. Right. So, so do you agree with majority rule at that point in right. time? Right. So what if that was a majority decision? Yeah. And then what happens to everybody who doesn't want to do that? Yeah. You know? The the then, majority deciding that they want to do something does not mean that it's right. Right. At all. You know, and we've seen that play out in smaller instances where, you know, uh racism and those type different types of things have been able to play out because the majority in that place Yeah. Yeah. It's mob rule then. Yeah. The direct democracy is two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. That's that's exactly what a democracy is. And the people that are going to get the benefit, if they end up outnumbering the people that they're going to take that benefit from, then then they're going to end up ruling over them. And we see that playing out already. We're we're moving towards it all the time because the central power keeps getting stronger and stronger. When we talk about the sovereign individual, you know, this whole idea of government is supposed to stop people from harming you. Like, that's what the government's supposed to do. They're supposed to stop people from harming you. But now we have a government that is on the reverse side of that, where they they end up enabling other people to be able to harm you sometimes. They enable people to be able to create monopolies, or they take your money from you without without your consent, and they give it to, to other things that you might or might not agree with. 
So we see this keep playing out. And I think the Electoral College, even though it's it's a little complicated because, um, you know, there's like an actual, there's like an equation on this of how they calculate how many votes everyone gets. And I was studying up on how to calculate the amount of votes that every state gets. It's it's annoyingly difficult to figure out. Now, it's it's technically, it's the the entire amount is based on your representatives plus your senators. But then they, they've capped our representatives at 435. And so now they've, they've got a new way of allocating, you know, different places have a different amount of people underneath each representative now. So it's, it's, it's a little complicated how they're doing it. A lot of people are making the argument that we should keep increasing the amount of representatives as our population goes up. And there's, I can see some grounds for that argument. Mm-hmm. You know, you, can, you, you end up having one person representing more and more people and you think that it's better to have more people representing those people. It's actually interesting. I was reading the quote. I think it was from Madison. He was saying someone was arguing that they should leave it to be a direct population size and they should allow the representatives to keep growing. And he said, your, you know, your argument is basically that, uh, you know, seven, that, that a hundred people would be better governed by, you know, five people. And then they would be even better governed by 50 people. And then they would be better governed by a hundred people. And as that kept going, he said, why don't, why don't we have 7,000 representatives? Like if it's better and if everyone has more, you know, sovereignty, the more representatives that we make, why not make it 330 million representatives? Right. You know? So he was like, he was basically taking it to the logical conclusion. He was saying this argument doesn't really add up here because if, if your argument is that everyone is in better shape than more representatives we have, then why don't we just have, then we would just have a direct democracy at that so point. All of them. Everyone would just represent themselves. <laughs> I Two comments, one on your two wolves and a sheep, you yeah. know, uh, arguing or voting on what's for dinner. Uh, now look, if they were all vegetarians, then <laughs> we'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, last time I checked, uh, wolf, they like sheep meat. They do. You know, once yeah. they get through the, the fur. <laughs> um, and then the second comment would be, maybe we should base it off like NFL teams. You know, if your city has two NFL teams, like, uh, like New York city, then you get two representatives for that, okay. <laughs> for that district. Just the amount of NFL teams that you have. Right. I don't know. Cause LA has got a couple NFL teams. LA now. has two. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. They need two representatives. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what, yeah, but maybe, you know, half the city is probably Republican. The other half's Democrat. So you have, you know, yeah, you have I, two different districts. I guess so. The only other option I came up with where if we don't like the Electoral College would be we got to keep in mind that we're 50 sovereign states that have grouped together to form a union so we can have a military and, you know, negotiate trade deals and all these kind those kinds of things. It was in order to form a more perfect union. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So w- what about if we just made it where like you had to ratify a new amendment to the Constitution um, where you say you had to have three fifths of the states vote for that president? And if you got 30 states that voted for that president under their voting system, then that's who you would pick to be the president. Because at that time, it's the states picking who they think should be the president. And once you have a three-fifths majority of the states say that this person should be the president, then that ends up being that ends up being the person. That's the only other better option I could come up with. 
at that point in time. That's not bad. I think under that, the Republicans would win every single time because they always have the most amount of states. Yeah. The Democrats win the heavier populated states, but then the Republicans and the it's like the Republicans win 30, like 32, 33 states every time. And the Democrats win the rest of them. But right. the population size is a lot higher in the other ones. So that was the only better thing I could come up with. And then if, say you didn't get 30 states to vote for you, then it would go to the Senate and a and maybe a majority vote in the Senate because Which the, is Senate, the, same. the Senate two, is two, two representatives, from each but state. they can vote how they want to vote. Yeah. They're not bound by any specific vote. And so since those two people are the two representatives that have been chosen by that state to go represent them, then technically you should get a pretty even outcome at that, at that point in time. I by don't the, know. By the way, though, I don't think the electoral college doesn't necessarily bound by that vote either. No, they're not. Some states, <clears throat> I think it is, but some states is not. Yeah. But they've never gone against what the vote is. There's a few, there's a few states that have enacted uh, these new laws where they're going to apportion the votes based on the percentage that that person won. So instead of the entire electoral vote going to that, to the popular vote winner, they're going to uh, give, you know, 52% of their electoral votes to uh, someone, which is really interesting that they're not going to go with their popular vote decision. They're going to break it down into a smaller weighted decision instead. But uh, so they're going to give away 52% of their electoral votes to the person that got 52% and, yeah. you know, apportion them out that way. And, that, you know, that could end up changing things a, a lot a lot because you could have a lot of swing states where people barely win uh, and they needed the, all of those votes from the swing states to get their electoral college up half. and then they only get half of them, you yeah. know, that they could change a lot of stuff for sure. That's very interesting. But uh, listen, <clears throat> chief Warren, <laughs> you're just, you're a buffoon. Oh man. God. Look at the sexism oozing out of you today. I just can't stand her. So <laughs> the, you know, the 50 states idea, I want to write a big thing. You know, I think someone should write a big book on it. But what's to me, her, what's her net worth? Uh, like 12 million, 12, oh, 16 million, nice. something like that. Yeah. Must be hard. Yeah. She's, a, you know, not a billion. So she's not evil or greedy or anything right. like that. Yeah. Um, you know, the 50 states idea, to me, this is the actual fix to a lot of our problems that we have. I think a lot of the issues, like with the angst that we have, the hatred that we have for a lot of people, and just say people in California are mad about what people in Alabama are doing, or people in Texas are mad about what people in Oregon are doing. Like we, the founders, as, as young and potentially inexperienced as they were, they've really had some great insight here that we needed to keep this as local as possible because there's no way that the entire nation spanning all these different cultures and 2,000 miles and all these different geographic regions, there's no way that the nation's going to be peaceful and agree on everything together all the time. You have to break it down into as many small localities as you can. And so I really think going back to the mentality of uh, we are 50 separate states, and that's what we are. Don't think of it as one country where everyone has to agree on everything. Think about your state 
and just worry about the people in your state. And if you don't like what the laws in your state are, well, it's a lot easier to move to a different state than it would be to, say, move to another country. I mm-hmm. mean, even the the rich people in Hollywood haven't found a way to move to Canada after Trump won. You know, they, they yeah, can't even move to another country. Yeah, they haven't moved yet. Yeah, but it's a lot easier to move to another state. Like, mm-hmm. I moved to another state when I didn't even have a job or any money or anything like that. I moved from Illinois to Tennessee, seeking a less tyrannical government. So and you found it, and I found it. It was right here in Nashville the whole yeah. time. Uh, but you can you can move to a different state and have a better life, or have you know live in a culture that fits your mentality more. If you want to go live in California, then go live in California. If you want to go uh, protest and burn stuff down, then move to Portland, Oregon. Like if that's <laughs> if that's what you want to do, you know, if you want to make sure that there's no abortions around you, then go move to Alabama. You know, it's a it's a, just a lot better idea if we thought about this. If you want universal health care, try it in Vermont. Yeah, try it. Try it out in a state. Let's try see. It. Let's see it succeed in one state first. Yeah, please make a state make it work. You know, <clears> one of the richest, you know one of the wealthiest states in the country with the most wealth out of all the uh, out of all the other states. And I would still like to see them try and do it. Let's see California with all the wealth that they have make a Medicare for all in California work, it would still go bankrupt Yeah, with all the wealth that they have to pull from. It still wouldn't work. You know, we do this in technology, by the way. Yeah. Somebody has an idea, it gets developed, and then we put it in a test environment. Yeah. 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 And we're like, hey, is this better? Is this producing the results that we expect? (laughs) Is it more efficient? Is anything broken? Yeah. Do we need to fix anything? Do we need to revisit some things? Whatever. And you play with it in a test environment before you actually go to a live environment where it affects people's, you know, business and work. And you can play. You can play. Yeah. You know, we have 50 states. We can play with one of them (laughs) with different ideas. Maybe we should build a test state somewhere separated from everywhere else. (laughs) Well, you run it, you know, let's test things in Hawaii. Run your social experiments like you do technology experiments, you know. You watch all the rich people move out of your state like all these other states have seen. And uh, you can maybe see that it doesn't work or you can just double down on your bad ideas if you want to. We should build a state with like robots that have all kinds of different personalities like regular people. (laughs) They have an airport and different, you know, they're driving cars around. We'll end up coding uh, America into into an algorithm eventually. Yeah. You know, we'll figure it out. Figure how things run. (laughs) Okay, guys, we're, we're hitting an hour. Are you good on the Electoral College? Do you have do you have any other feelings or thoughts on it? Uh, do you, do you want to know what's your, yeah, I want to know everything. I already gave them. I'm I'm already going to be labeled a sexist and a bigot (laughs) and a misogynist. Anything else you want to be labeled today? No. Racist or anything like that? No. Okay. You don't have any racist things to say? No. Okay. You know, homophobic. No, it's really, it's really just Elizabeth Warren and God, if she becomes our president, I don't think she will. The more I watch this election play out, the more the more solid I am on the fact that Trump's probably going to win re-election. Next year's going to be fun. I mean, I don't even think Biden's going to make it to the election, man. I don't even think he's <laughs> going. I don't think it's possible. What was that? He, there was a recent quote about him that came out that said something to the essence of like, when he's in the pool, the kids like to. Oh yeah, something about touching like, his like straighten like, his leg his hairs hairy out legs or, or something. I was like, oh my god, well, gross. Oh, he went on the no malarkey tour, which is hilarious. Like, who uses the word malarkey? <laughs> 
<laughs> really. That's great. That's Norm really MacDonald does. Yeah. That's about it. That's about it. The no malarkey tour. Yeah. It's been one day since our last malarkey on the on the Biden campaign tour. So anyway, um, well, guys, if that's all we got, then I'll say follow us on Instagram, which is at Good Morning Liberty on Twitter at Good AM Liberty on Facebook. Look us up. It's Good Morning Liberty and go to BernieLies.com if you want to read some perfect, amazing, amazingly big, huge, and tremendous articles about politics and economics. BernieLies.com. Go do it. I want to thank everyone for all y'all. I want to thank all y'all because we're in Tennessee. All y'all. All y'all for supporting the show. Um, ordering some goods that we've got on goodmorningliberty.us slash shop. Uh, there's been a few orders come in. I think you guys are getting your holiday specials. Uh, is there going to be a holiday promo code? I mean, the podcast promo code is still live still right active, now. Still active. That's, so that's 20% off. They can use that. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Christmas yeah. Cheer. Yeah, I totally missed the boat on running sales for Black Friday and Cyber Monday, actually. You must have been with your family or I something. I forgot about that. Yeah. You know? But guess what? We've extended all of those sales that we didn't run. <laughs> We've extended them through the end of the year. Use yeah. the promo code PODCAST, all one word, PODCAST, and that gets you 20% off everything at the shop. You support the show. You get some goodies. You get the Christmas gift. Maybe get your favorite liberal uncle some uh, uh, taxation is theft yeah. shirt. Yeah. Or something, you know, maybe a Bernie, <laughs> get your favorite Bernie supporter, a Bernie lies mug. That's pretty And they'll look one. at it and they'll be like, oh my God, that's Bernie with his glasses on. And then they'll read it and it says Bernie lies. Well, you can tell them that it's a website about all the lies that people tell about Bernie. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll go Just read tell it. them that. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> do that. If you guys do all of that, we'll be back again here tomorrow. I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning Liberty.